Football on Off The Ball With Sky Watch Premier League, Women's Super League, Scottish Premiership and much more Live on Sky Sports Yes, um, to the football, right? Thankfully we are talking about the football I mean, uh, geez, uh, just um, beggar's belief We're talking Paris, Stade de France, World Cup Finals um, As Connor says, it sounds like they got 24 hours notice to host this thing It's, it's, it's unbelievable yeah, it, it certainly was. You'd think they'd have experience of, you know, they, they have great sporting, ve- it's a great sporting venue. There's lots of uh, sporting uh, matches, whether it be rugby, soccer, wherever they, it may be that they've hosted before. Surely, you know, the, the police and the stewards know how to handle it and the cordons should be put in place. And UEFA, UEFA have got to take responsibility. It's their competition. Mm. They should have made sure that the, the guidelines were in place f- for this final. And as I say, I'll go back to, Going to this final was meant to be the highlight. You know, this this is where, you know, you've saved up your money. It's your club. They're in the final. They might not get there for another number of years. Uh, and you want to go and, and, and experience it. And for youngsters, as Connor said there, you know, they might be put off going to watch football matches because, because it's, it's scenes like this. And someone's got to take responsibility. Uh, and, you know, the report has to come out on exactly what's happened. Yeah. So UEFA and the, and the authorities can make sure situations don't like like this don't happen anymore. No, well, Wembley, that's under UEFA's watch last year. And now the showpiece of the club season, that's two in a row, two finals, two of the showpiece finals in a row under Wembley's watch. And they are very, 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 very lucky. They're very lucky that absolute tragedy hasn't happened on their watch by the sounds of things. Uh, so to the football. Real Madrid, that's PSG, Chelsea, Manchester City, uh, Liverpool. It is hard to think of a team which has come through a more difficult run and it's hard to think of a team which has come through a run like that and pretty much in the main been written off every step of the way. Don't forget, this is the team that lost to Sheriff. (laughs) 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 We tend to forget about that. I know... There are occasions where uh, Real Madrid don't always perform at their very best in the group stage, but when you get to the knockout stages, that's when they start to come alive. I think that's eight finals in a row they've won, isn't it, in the Champions League? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's sensational stuff. Um, if I'm being honest with you, this isn't, by any stretch of the imagination, the best football in Real Madrid side I've seen for a while. But I tell you what, what about resolve, attitude, commitment? It was there in abundance last night. I think every player did the job. They knew that they were going to have less possession. Liverpool would have more chances. Uh, and that didn't phase them. Uh, and, you know, when it mattered most, they got the goal at the right time and then defended well. Keeper was outstanding. I think tactically they got it wrong initially in the first half because I, I thought the way that they set up, it looked like Tony Crows and, and uh, Luka Modric were playing a bit deeper just in front of the back four, certainly going back there to get on the ball. And Casemiro, who normally plays as a deep-line midfielder, was pushing up a bit, and he looked a little bit lost, and they looked a little bit disjointed. But once he went back into a more familiar position uh, in front of the back four, I thought he was outstanding in the second half. I didn't hear a lot of people talking about him, and I don't know why, because the amount of challenges he put in, the amount of closing down that he came out and put Liverpool players off, always in the right position to, 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 to help his teammates out. I thought he was uh, he was very very good, and you know Liverpool had what, 24 attempts to four. Yeah, you know had more possession, more shots on target, but at the end of it, it's about how many balls you put in the back of the net, and Liverpool weren't able to do that, and Real Madrid got their one. It started to take on an air of destiny 
pretty soon after Madrid got that goal, didn't it? The, the moment where Salah had that great first touch and the shot with his right foot, which which Courtois saved, and it, that just felt like wow, that's a goal nine times out of ten and Salah starts punching the ground. It just felt, even then, like it wasn't going to happen for whatever reason. Like Real Madrid, humility to beat the band for like a league winning, Champions League winning bunch of players. Drop deep, defend deep, fine not having the ball, willing to do what it takes. Uh, it's incredible that Ancelotti manages to get that out of them. Yeah, absolutely. You know, this this team were written off at the start of the season. You know, it was meant to be a transitional year for uh, Real Madrid because no funding, you know, when, no players coming in. A, an aging squad, when you think of Benzema, you think of Marcelo, Cas- Casemiro, uh, Cruz and, and Modric, you know, it is an older team. You know, Gareth Bale, likewise, you know, Gareth moving on, uh, as there will be one or two others. And but they did it with you know humility as well. They, there's no there's no like star name. And Benzema aside, you know Benzema's had a fabulous season. But they don't you know they're they're, they're not looking for adulation for themselves. It's all about the team ethic. It's all working for each other. And I think uh, the manager seen that quite early. Carlo seen that when he f- first went to the to the team again, and he he noticed this group. You know they're tight. They like each other's company. The older players are good for the younger ones. The likes of Mendy and Vinicius uh, and Valverde, you know, they're learn, learning a great deal from the older players. And that dynamic worked for the team. And they were written off many times. And, you know, rightly so, you could write them off against PSG. You could have wrote them off against Chelsea when Chelsea had the advantage. We went 15, 20 minutes to go. And particularly against Manchester City, you know, there were there were two goals down in the 89th minute. You know, you're thinking there's no way back against this Manchester City side. But they found a way. They found a way to do it. And got themselves through to the final. And once again, you would say that Liverpool, had, as I said, if you look at the stats, were, were better. But they defended in numbers. Keeper was great and they got the goal. What was your read on the goal, Ray? Uh, well, I, I thought um, Trent was at, was at fault. And he'll realise that. I thought his body position was wrong. When, when you're getting in that position as a defender, you've got to get on the half turn. And what that means is where you can see the player that's on the ball and what he's going to do, and also the player you should be marking, mm. which was Vinicius, and he didn't see him. You know, he got he got uh, where he couldn't see the, the attacker, and then he just got caught unawares. It was a bit of a cross shot that came across, and the attacker got in there ahead of him to finish it off. Um, I've got to say, there's been question marks about Liverpool in the last few weeks about tiredness, uh, but I don't think they were physically tired. I thought they were mentally tired. Right. Uh, and that I think that manifested itself with, with you know, the, when they were getting there, you know, in control of the ball, the ball was getting away from them. Mm. You know, they were taking too many touches. They weren't playing the ball early enough. Uh, the, the final ball into the box, more often than not, wasn't of a good enough standard, particularly from set plays. You know, the corners and free kicks, I thought they were pretty poor. Uh, people snatching at shots. I remember Trent in the first half when he had ball was played back to him yeah. and he hit it 40 yards over the bar. And then the bigger one was probably for Keita when he came on. There was a good move down the left. It was pulled back to the edge of the 18-yard box and he never got himself set to take the shot on. He could even have taken the touch and then got a shot away from 18 yards out and a good chance to score. And he just sort of rushed it. Mm. And that's at times mental fatigue. And he, he, Once again, he hit it well wide of the target. So... Yeah, Liverpool have only got themselves to blame in, in that respect. They, they, they had the chances, they didn't take them. They came up against an inspired goalkeeper who not only made great saves, but I thought he commanded his 18-yard box. 
coming out, you know, for crosses, collecting it, uh, and, you know, with the back pass, never panics, always makes the right decision. So there were some key areas where they played really well. Yeah. The man I won off the post in the first half, there were so many very, very decent chances, I suppose. It wasn't dissimilar, you know, when you talk about the quality of balls into the box and just not quite sticking or, the, you know, just being a touch off. It wasn't a billion miles off Spurs at home a few weeks ago when maybe this mental tiredness potentially set in. Yeah, but listen, don't forget that was the sixty-third game of the season. Oh, totally! You know, like it's it's not even a criticism of them, and it's it's just a fact. Yeah, like, and you know you're playing, you know you're playing Saturday or Sunday, then you're playing midweek, and then it's the same the next week, and the same the next week, and the same. And each game, because of uh, the quadruple was at stake. I, I said before the the pressure from one game to the next was enormous to the next to the next. So each time it got closer to doing the quadruple. There was even more pressure on that game. Yeah. And I was up at Anfield last Sunday when they played against Wolves. And I've got to say, in that game, you know, they, they, they looked once again, I thought, mentally fatigued in that. You know, there wasn't a lot, giving away the ball, you know, passes that were going astray. It was just not quite Liverpool. And you could maybe go back to the Tottenham game where maybe they could have done a little better. But it'd be really, you'd be picking at things because they've not lost a, a, a league game in 2022, and they've only lost four games all season. You know, West Ham and Leicester in the league, into Milan at home when they already won the, the away leg 2 0. And then obviously last night, four games out of 63, yeah. shows an incredible consistency level over the campaign. But people have also picked up on the fact that that's three finals that have been in this, in this season. Uh, and it's right to say it, they haven't scored a goal. You know, and for a, a team like Liverpool, and I think in the previous 12 Champions League games, uh, had scored 30 uh, and then they didn't take the chances last night. But yeah, it, it's tough because, you know, doing the doing the, the, the double, the League Cup and the FA Cup, you know, they, they should be proud of that. But people are remembering, you know, losing the league last week by a point to Manchester City and obviously losing the Champions League last night. And that's what's on uppermost in people's minds. They think it's failure, but it's not because if you'd have said at the start of the season you win two trophies, let me tell you, other than Man City in the Premier League, the other 18 teams would have been saying thank you very much. Makes them hard to analyse in some respects, doesn't it? Because how can you be critical of the season as a whole? You can't really. And yet there's a uh, just a sliver of a, trend, a, a thread there which you've identified in the finals against the better teams, not quite scoring, not quite getting over the line. But then... You know, it's hard to win these things. So I don't I don't even you'd love to know what Klopp makes of it. The only thing he half mentioned in his post-match interview and wasn't entirely clear to me, but he was I think he was half saying, Ray, maybe the Liverpool midfield were wary of that counter threat. And so stayed a bit deep and maybe should have played a bit further up in the Madrid half, a bit closer to the front three in possession. But I'm not even entirely sure if that's what he was getting at either. But he, he kind of said himself, look, it was a pretty good game from from our point of view, from Liverpool's point of view, pretty good game. Yeah, I mean, look, well, go back to chat. Well, if you could create 24 chances, you've got to be doing something, right? Yeah. I, mean, I don't think you're I don't think you're, you're sitting back all, all match doing that. I can understand to a, a certain degree uh, where you would like to make better closer. But don't forget, you know, Thiago came off against Wolves at half-time with an injury. And there was even a suggestion he might not have started last night because of a problem in the warm-up. Hmm. Um, but but he, he played. How fit was he? Uh, Fabinho, likewise, you know, he's uh, he, he hadn't played since the since they played against Aston Villa, should I say. Um, so how fit was he? And Jordan Henderson, 
you know, Jordan's played a lot of games, but he's come off from quite a lot of them. So I think when he evaluates the season and where he's got strength and depth, one area I think he'll be looking at to strengthen will be in that centre midfield. I think he'll look to bring in one or two players, uh, maybe create more creative players if you like, um, and maybe a bit younger as well, because he's got, you know, the likes of Luis Diaz come in, who's he's quite young, Jota's quite young, Canati hmm. uh, at the back's quite young. So he's got, uh, you know, younger players coming through, but maybe just in the midfield, he'll, he'll look to maybe strengthen, unless he gives, you know, Jones and Elliot some more game time next season. Jack Grealish is like taking the Freddie Flintoff Ashes 05 mantle here and just We <laughs> <laughs> miss people like Paul Gascoigne. Enjoy him. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. On Alexander Arnold, he's such an interesting case study because um, he's so brilliant in so many ways. Yeah. Say, start with the goal for a second and you talked about him not opening up the body a touch. <sighs> What would worry you, say I'm thinking of Gareth Southgate, for instance, who doesn't quite trust him and, and I'm sure knows how great he is in other aspects. What would worry you a touch about that moment, Ray, is it wasn't that he had never looked and had no idea Vinicius was there and suddenly thought, oh God, I've been ambushed out of nowhere here. As the, as the ball is out to Valverde, you can see Trent Alexander-Arnold, he steals a look over his shoulder and he knows Vinicius is there. He sees him at the start of the movie. No, he knows someone's outside him, but he never looks again. That's, yeah, that's, that's that, the problem, that's, isn't it? That, but that's, that's very worry. That's almost more worrying than, oh, geez, I just didn't see him at all. It's like, oh God, you knew, you knew he was there and you had time to think about it and you never opened out the body. I mean, he's getting a bit old now to be making that kind of a mistake. Well, you say that, he's been, he's been around a while. I mean, I've, I've highlighted on occasions that uh, one of Liverpool's biggest strengths is where the fullbacks go forward. Yeah, because they're you know they, they work in tandem with the wide players. So if it's down the right the right hand side, Trent normally works in tandem with Mo Salah. Salah actually stays quite wide, and they work it really well. Uh, on the opposite side, when uh, Robertson goes forward, Manny if he's on the left or Jota, they come in and leave the space for him to to run into. But they're the outballs. You know they, they've got a tremendous vision and also great uh, assisting for goals. But it's when it's the, the the changer over of possession, and then you've got to get into defensive positions. Robertson's a lot quicker at retreating, getting back into a fullback position than Trent. Trent's not as quick, and he doesn't see the danger as often. Now it's something that we'll have to improve because it's it's only in the big games that you might get found out. Yeah. Because more yeah. often, not Liverpool's got more possession. They're doing most of doing most of the attacking, so you don't have to defend as much. And I thought it was if you looked at it again last night. In the first 30 minutes, Canati was the one on the right side of the centre half was coming over and picking up Vinicius. You know, it, when it, he was it, worked, it worked brilliantly. Like he was rag, yeah, he, he was ragdolling Vinicius, and, and they've an extra man. In tr- like I, I first 30 minutes, I was looking at that as well. One, I was thinking, bloody hell, Canati's having a good game. But two, like this is this is just tactical masterclass. This is working beautifully. Yeah, I mean that's the, that, when it works well, it's great. But it's when you have to go into your back four. And the ball's on the opposite side. Canati can't stay yeah. in the right back position. He has to go into a more central position next to uh, Virgil Van Dijk. And if you looked at the Liverpool back line, it, it was fine. It was quite narrow. You know, they're defending the the width of the goal, or or, or just a, a little bit more than that. And they were in they were in good starting positions, apart from the fact that Trent wasn't on the half turn. If he was, he would have seen both Paul and the attacker coming in. And you're quite right. You know, early on in the move, he's seen him, but. Vinicius was on the was on the left wing, and I mean, out on the touchline, 
it wasn't like he was 10, 15 yards in. He was out the touchline and he probably thought, I'm okay. He didn't anticipate the way that he came in, the pace and the area that he came into. And, you know, he'll reflect on that and know that that, that was something that he has to improve upon. But they're the little moments in games, game-changing moments. There's a difference between maybe winning it and losing it. Yeah. And that was my concern, having watched even the game against Wolves, where Wolves were getting in behind Liverpool, and they had a plan. And the plan was to keep getting the ball hit over the top, utilise uh, the pace in the team and get in between the, the uh, centre-halves and the full-backs of Liverpool. And it worked well for them. Uh, and they did that last night. Not all the time, but often enough to create, create one or two opportunities. Mm. Uh, just one last point. I've seen in the last hour or two on the future of Sadio Mane. So um, a journalist called Fabrizio Romano, who's uh, quite yeah. well respected. He has eight million followers, Ray. I think that's more than me and you combined. <laughs> and he is saying that Mane has decided to leave Liverpool this summer. So he said uh, Sadio is ready for a new experience after many special years with the Reds. It will be confirmed to the club very shortly. Uh, Bayern are strong contenders, but it's still open, not completed, as Sadio wanted to wait for the final. So it's looking like Mane is going to go now. And then, I don't know, like Salah this week with the whole good news, everybody, I'm going to stay next season. I mean, <laughs> there's the other side of that coin is I'm running down my contract and then I'm out of here and I'm going to take all the money. So uh, it'd be quite something to lose Mane and Salah in the space of 12 months. Oh, it would be. There's no doubt about it because these two lads have been phenomenal since they came to the club. You know, you look at the goals that they've scored, the performances that they've put in. Uh, the finals they've, they've got the club to. And it'd be a great shame to, to see them move on. But that's football and it can happen. You know, Sadio will be looking to secure his future for him and his family. Uh, if Liverpool aren't going to give him the money, I think, he's, is he coming in his last year? I yeah, think exact same as Salah, which actually, in hindsight, not ideal. You don't want those two final year, same year, but yeah. Yeah, but if that is the case, you know, it might be that yeah, if they are not showing any intent to stay, that you'll have to move them on. It just get some money back for them. You know, that, that's one of the things you'll be looking at. Me personally, and this is not because I'm an ex-Liverpool player, but just purely with the fact that Liverpool are going places. I wouldn't be in a big rush to, to leave. You know, I, I, I think if Jürgen signed that new contract, um, I, I think the way that they performed in the, under him, um, the players that they've brought in, it's an exciting time to be at Liverpool Football Club. Maybe they've brought in, you know, Luis Diaz in, in, in January. They've brought in the lad from Fulham, Carvalho. Uh, they're young players who need time as, and, 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 will, and will get better the more that they play. Mm. But you still need them experienced players as well. You know, and Manny and, and Salah come yeah. into that category. But the club, the club have survived before and I'm sure they'll survive again. No, I'm sure. You do wonder, I mean, you look at Haaland and his arrangement with the low buyout clause so that he would get the big wages and you look at Mbappe and the way he's been given this 100 million plus sign-on fee to stay at PSG like there's no doubt these top players are getting better and better advice and they're realising well why should a giant transfer fee not go into my pocket you wonder with Salah if he's almost thinking I'm running down my contract and suddenly I'm a free agent again and, and that's the smart thing to do if he's almost going to say to Liverpool right you have your wage structure that's fair enough. I can't get the 400 grand a week. I might get elsewhere. But I'm now free agent. Give me 20 or 25 million. That's a one-off. And then you get to keep your wage structure at 
you know, give me 300 grand on top of that 20 million into my back pocket. For instance, you just you wonder if that's the area it's going into, into now, like Mbappe did. I don't know. And I equally don't know what Liverpool would say to that. Yeah, I mean, look, listen, Liverpool have been very frugal over the years, haven't they, when it comes to wages and their wage structure. You know, I think the, the American owners have, have, have very much been on top of that. Um, they haven't been like Barcelona or Real, or Real Madrid who have given out incredible wages to certain players. Um, now, we've seen with clubs in England, when you have a, a player that's on much more than the others, there's a bit of animosity towards them <laughs> if they're not performing. Um, I don't think that'd be the case at Liverpool. I think because of the the average wage is very, very high at Liverpool, that if there's one or two players that are exceptional and match winners, if they're going to get more than you, I don't think there would be, that would be a big problem. And you can't be, blame the players, you know, they'll try to make as much money as they can. That's that's That's... You know, they're in a job. That's their, Football's their job. Yeah. And at the end of it, they're trying to make as much money as they can. Well, we'll see how it all plays out. Uh, thank you so much for the time, right? Thanks, sir.